to another episode of Chats with the Starving Artists. Thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you for subscribing. Those that have left feedback, those that have left comments, um, those that have been on the show, super, super grateful and appreciative. Uh, we're here from Streetbird today, and we're sitting here with uh, super, super dope creative Jack McCain. Jack, real quick, tell us where you're from and what your creative discipline is. Okay, yeah, so I'm Jack McCain. Right. I'm, uh, I'm from Virginia, outside of Washington, D.C., and I'm a photographer. I've been doing photography as my main gig for pretty much all of 2016. Right. And, yeah, I'm here in New York. I've been here for about five weeks. Um, before that, I was in L.A. for a few weeks. Before that, I was in Mexico for a month. Before that, I was in Hong Kong for a few weeks. Tokyo. I've, just, I've been bouncing around for three to four years. Yeah. And uh, just doing a bunch of different creative projects from photography to running a magazine to throwing events and making clothing and really any anything that interests me creatively at the time. Right now, the, the full-time thing is photography. Right. Yeah. Right, right, Whereabouts in D.C. are you from? I'm from Fairfax, Virginia. Oh, fair, okay. I was just in... minutes outside, yeah. Yeah, I was just in uh, Arlington, okay, like right Tyson's on. Corner area this, week, this past weekend. So, we were talking about this earlier before. Jack has a bunch of amazing, interesting stories to how he's got to where he's at right now. One of them being starting a career in advertising, having went to the VCU, VCU, Virginia yeah. Commonwealth University. Yeah, I went to studying at, in Richmond and yeah. studied advertising. Well, I went to Lynchburg College in Virginia for two years. Interesting. Yeah, actually, because I was just... I've been doing kind of like, I've been doing creative, I wouldn't say work, but just, I've been creative since I was a little kid, you know? Yeah. Always shooting videos and recording radio shows, writing scripts, and that was always my thing. But in high school, I was really into film, I was shooting music videos and skate videos and all types of stuff like that, and still kind of the end of high school, and I just really fell out of it. And I just, I think I just got lazy, I just probably smoked too much weed, you know what I mean, <laughs> to be honest. And... And I got into a college called Lynchburg College in Virginia. Like I got in, in without, the middle of nowhere. I got in without applying. You know what I'm saying? I got a letter that was like you're in, and they get and with a crazy amount of scholarship money. So I'm like, why am I gonna even apply? I got, I'll just go here. My yeah. boy was going there. I was like, cool, let's room together. And so I went to Lynchburg. Worst, worst decision ever. Lynchburg in like, the middle of nowhere. Middle of nowhere, dude. No. That family that lives like, out there. Yeah, it's uh. I really did not enjoy it. I mean, really, there's there's three people that you can be in Lynchburg, and that's either a lacrosse player, or like really into sports, or really into school. I'm obviously neither of those. And so you didn't go to sports, though. You didn't play any sports. Or just really, I mean, I, I like to run, you know. Yeah. I like to I like to skate at the time, but not like team sports. Now that wasn't my thing. But and then the other thing, the other person you could be was just people were hella into drugs there. Like I'm talking about shooting up in the dorm rooms type of shit. That's what I happens mean, when you're in a place like in the, you're in the yeah, middle of nowhere. It's just nothing to do. And then so I felt myself kind of caught up in that in that circle, and I got out of there. My roommate actually passed away. Oh shoot! Sorry to hear that. From he he had neuroblastoma. It's a really fucked up kind of cancer, and he passed away in my second year. And that, right towards the end of the year, and I'm like, look, this is it. I'm, I'm out of here. <laughs> and. So I, I applied to VCU just because it was like the only other school yeah. that I could that I knew I would just get into without a problem. And so I get to VCU. I go to uh, like a what's it called? In, uh, 
initiation. I don't know. And so I get there, I meet with an advisor, and she's like, you're an advertising student, right? I'm like, sure. <laughs> I was still in that mode. That's what a lot of people go to VCU for. Yeah, yeah, I guess. And I guess their advertising school, so they say, is... Uh, it's one of the Great. best. Yeah. That's what they said. But, uh, so yeah, yeah. So I started taking some advertising classes. I got into that. And all through advertising school, they kind of like, they, they tell you that, they kind of give you this message that if you make it to a big agency, you made it. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's everybody's goal is to like, like only a few people make it to the Martin agency or like make it to a big agency. And like, and I got an internship at Crispin Porter in Bogusta wow. and Boulder. That's a that's and, a big uh, deal. Yeah, Chris, yeah. Crispin's so, a good agency. Yeah, so I, I worked there over a summer, and then I worked at Martin in the fall. And all this time, I've been thinking like, okay, you make it to a big agency, now you're in. Now you're like, this is this is the dream. And I, I worked at two, and they were cool. I mean, in terms of an office job, thank you very it's much. A, it's a cool one to have. In terms of an office job, it's amazing. I mean, at Martin, they they hit us up like they send an email at like two in the afternoon, like stop what you're doing. There's kegs in the lobby. Facebook's here. Let's drink some beers with them. Like that type of vibe. Like we throw concerts in the, you know, downstairs and. Yeah, that's the uh, vibe. I mean, the agency world is, is cool. You it know? was cool, but I just I, I did all that while I was in school, and I'm thinking like I, I just don't want to. I don't want to clock in. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't want to have a boss and and. And not in like an entitled type of way, but in just the way that like, I don't, it's totally possible to live a life without one. So why would I have one until I, let that be my backup plan, you know yeah. what I mean? I always know I can fall back on that world, you know? Yeah, were you were you art, art director or graphic? I was a designer. Okay. Yeah. So you were like more in Design studio was doing my stuff? I like in school, like I was more, I thought I was going to be a designer. You know? Yeah. And during that time, I ran a blog where I would interview artists from around the world, like mostly street artists and uh, that's dope. illustrators. And that turned into a magazine, like a print magazine that I ended up selling in Barnes and Noble. And that's now on pause. I put out the, the second issue of that early last year. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you, I, you went, you went before we got so. Earlier, Jack and I were recording, and I ran into some technical difficulties, and he talked a little bit about that experience and why he put the magazine on pause. I happened to get a copy of the magazine uh, one of his last times in New York, and it's really, really dope. It's called Modern Hieroglyphics. Um, and he ran through just a, a brief story of why he put that on pause, um, essentially just going to San Francisco. <laughs> I lived in San Francisco a, when I started it. Yeah. There was a photo meetup called Flash Mob. Flask with a K. Yeah. F-L- yeah, F-L-A-S-K. Where you would meet up and you didn't, I mean, you could bring a flask or a bottle or whatever. You would just go drink in the street and take photos. Yeah. And it grew from just being a little meetup of 20 or 30 people to 100 to 500 to 1,000. Yeah. 2,000, we put all of our, my, my boy, like, we put all his DJ gear into a shopping cart. Connected it to speakers through an inverter to a car battery. Yeah. <laughs> and had thousands of people following us in the streets of San Francisco. Yeah. And it was all organized by a guy named Evan Thompson. Uh, yeah, a guy named Evan Thompson. And it, we, we, did a, we did a feature on Flash Mob in the magazine. And then did a party with Selection in LA, downtown LA, January 2015. And 3,000 people came out. It was on the news police helicopters, barricades, cops with guns. All types of, you know, they, basically they shut my party down and I've lost 
a significant amount of money in one night. And while I've been investing a whole lot of money to with a plan of you know, making all that back and a lot more. And so that kind of put me in debt, along with a few other things. And I had a press pause in the magazine. And yeah, yeah. So since then, well, right after the day the magazine came out, the day after the LA party, <laughs> I hopped on a flight to Hong Kong. Wow. And then threw a party in Singapore with a record label called Darker Than Wax. And had a little, maybe two or three hundred people came out to that. It was dope. We had a bunch of homies DJing. And had a DJ, a producer come out from London and a dude from New Zealand and some homies in Singapore. I did a little, a sponsored a little festival in, in New Zealand in Christchurch. And I went and lived in Australia for uh, about a month. Wow. And then went to Malaysia to do an interview. And I had a layover. This is all for the magazine. Yeah, yeah. For the, for the second issue, the release parties when I was doing interviews for the third issue, which ended up not happening. But I've... Since I didn't have a home, you know, I yeah. didn't have like a place I was living in San Francisco when I left. I was just traveling as long as I could, and I had a layover in Tokyo on my way back from Malaysia. Yeah. And I'm looking at places to live in San Francisco, but I'm like, wait, that's the most expensive city in the country, if yeah. not the world, right now. Like, and I'm going through Tokyo. I've never been to Tokyo. Like, why don't I? It's amazing. Spend a few <laughs> days there. A few days turned into a month. A month turned into two. I ended up living in Tokyo for a few months. That's actually where I really fell in love with photography. I went there knowing literally nobody. Yeah. And I had my little Nikon, and I would go out for... I might just walk out my front door and decide, like, I'm going to walk down the street for 10 hours. Yeah. Straight down this road. And I would do that all the time. And I was living kind of nocturnally out there, so I would... I'd wake up around 6 or 7 p.m., watch the sun go down, have my coffee, you know, and handle my business, whatever. That's when people would be, when people would be going to work, like early in the work day over here. Yeah. So I handle what I had to do, and then I go out and I drink or whatever, meet up with people, and then go shoot photos until the sun came up. And that's, that's where it went from kind of a hobby to being more of an art form than my eyes. Yeah, what, I mean, where were you inspired by the most in Tokyo, like, to even start shooting? I mean, it's a beautiful place. You know, I've been, fortunately, in yeah. one of my favorite cities. And, you know, from a structural perspective, like, the Japanese just, in my opinion, I think they get, they get it, you know what I mean? From a design, and there's so much order in that, yeah. in that city and in just Japan in general. So when you're going out at night, like what types of things were you seeing? What types of things did you want to shoot? And what kind of was like, what kind of was the thing, the it moment to say, this is it, photography? Well, you, can, you can be out at any time of night, and if you might walk down a little street and find a little ramen bar that has like four seats at the bar, yeah, and it's like popping, and it's 4:30 in the morning. You know what I mean? Or just, the city actually doesn't sleep. Right. Like people say that about other cities, yeah. like New York. New York sleeps. You know what I mean? I mean, there's like pockets in Tokyo. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, there yeah. are parts that definitely are asleep. Oh, no doubt. But there's, I feel like New York, there's not much happening at four in the morning, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or Tuesday, you know what I mean? So like, in Tokyo, it really doesn't sleep. Like there's just a lot of places that are open all night. The train stops running at 12. So a lot of people are up until the train starts running again at like four or five in the morning. Yeah. And I would just stay up so late every night that I would start waking up late. And I kind of fell into this routine of spending my nights kind of... Uh, well, so the first few weeks I was there, I literally... I, I enjoy going places and not knowing anybody. Yeah. Kind of being in isolation. 
I kind of go in these waves. Uh, when I was releasing the magazine, doing all these events, it's non-stop social interaction and kind of like networking and just seeing a bunch of homies, catching up with people, and then to kind of recharge from that, I had to take a few weeks in Tokyo and literally just do me. How yeah, how important is like that recharge? I've done it. I like every year I do my best to go on a sabbatical to just yeah. kind of clear my head, disconnect yeah. from everybody, meditate, pray. You know, does that help? Your creativity does it help any of your process and kind of like yeah. help you focus on the, the work that you want to do and create? Absolutely. I mean, I was blessed to like have some money coming in from the magazine. I mean, I, I still had all this debt from the party that was a month before, but I had enough to like I was surviving, you know. And I had I had some time to work on a few paid projects, but also just to spend a lot of time shooting and a lot of time climbing up on rooftops, 40 floors up above the city, like by myself, yeah. to smoke a spliff and listen to the Kendrick album that just come out. You know? <laughs> it was the only, I got the iPhone 5 with such little space that I could only have one album at a time. Yeah. And that was all I listened to the entire time. Which it's album? Butterfly. It's a paper butterfly. And it just come out, yeah. Wow. So that was all I really had on repeat. <laughs> so I'd be like out in the pouring rain, like wind in my hair, you know what I'm saying? Climbing up on a roof, like taking photos, and just spending time literally just kicking it with myself. Yeah. And I ended up meeting um, Julio. So Julio from Selection is a, a close That's a brother, yeah. That's my brother right there. I'm actually I'm living with him right now. And he introduced me to Yuki Babe, okay. a DJ of theirs out in Tokyo. And I met some people through her. And she, she brought me to like all the dope little bars and sushi spots and all the spots. You know? Did you go to JBL? JBS. JBS. Yeah, been, yeah. Oh, man, that's go, the sickest. But I think I caught it at the tail end of like it's... it's uh, I think it's, I mean, I hate to say it, but I went there two months ago and it was just, it felt played out. It was so packed out. Really? It's got a lot of love, like a lot of press. Oh, I think now yeah, it's become like a tourist destination. I'm going, I'm going in a couple of weeks, so I, I imagine we'll go back again, but I'll see. On the low, about, probably about a half a mile from JBS, if you go, if you go like, yeah, west of Shibuya. There's a little spot. I'll tell you about it off the podcast. Yeah, yeah, where so it doesn't get blown up. We're, we're, we're saying, definitely gonna take it because we're going to Tokyo. Place on like the fifth floor. This same thing. It was, it was late at night. I was with my boy So. We're walking around. We see a little sign for this little bar. We go inside. It's like on the fifth floor of this little building in like an alley. Amazing spot. Very similar vibe to JBS. Is it an old guy? So for those that don't know, JBS is like a dope bar in it's still dope it's still great yeah it's, yeah it's still it's a dope bar in tokyo where there's this old japanese dude uh one guy yeah making making everybody drinks or beers uh mostly it's beer for the most part not too many mixed mixed drinks um and the the room is probably no bigger than 700 square feet tops um and in that room it's just from wall to wall it's packed with vinyl and it's just amazing jazz, blues, and soul records, and and hip hop as well. And at any given moment, you can say like, "Hey, I want to hear Jurassic Five, this this album." And he knows exactly where it's at. He goes and he pulls it, and he'll play it. And it's kind of just like a cue, you know. You have to like wait. I'll pull for out a Gangstar album, and he'll talk about how he loves DJ Premier, and he saw him live in this year. But he's like an old, like seventy-year-old, little like. Very quiet Japanese man named Kobayashi's son, and it's his entire vinyl collection, it's yeah. all his. He DJs every night, he bartends every night, he's the owner, has no employees, he's there every single night. Yep, it's super dope. I mean, that's yeah. the vibe I love. Like He's an OG, OG. I definitely fell asleep in that place just because, you know, when 
we were there, it was a very, very long day. So, but uh, I'm definitely want to go back. But okay, so you were talking about you, you linked up, Julio linked you up with somebody in Japan. You guys went to JBS, and then after that, so you were listening to, to Kendrick's Pimp a Butterfly, just talking a little bit about like your inspiration and, and kind of what led you to having a moment of this being it, of saying, like, photography's it, this is what I'm going to do. Yeah. It was. I think it was also just the fact that for a while there, not in a sad way, in like a beautiful way, like my friend, my only friend was my camera, you know? That's sick. And there's there's this weird mixture of emotions where it's like, it's kind of like loneliness, but at the same time, you kind of savor it and appreciate it, because you don't, you don't really get to be, I think there's a difference between aloneness and loneliness. You know yeah. It wasn't like a sadness, you know? But it was definitely, I mean, to spend that much time and to also not have my, I didn't have phone service or like internet, so I'd be just solo, yeah. not connecting with anybody. And uh, I think that was a time for my my interest in photography to kind of blossom, you know? It needed that room to grow. What were you shooting? Just entirely street shit, you know? Yeah. What were your subjects? Is anything you can find that you thought was interesting? You just frame it up and, and, and yeah. shoot? Yeah. Dang. Yeah. That's sick. So how has, I mean, I think something else we were kind of talking about before we ran into our technical difficulties was just kind of like, you're a millennial, you're a traveler, you're a creative, you're an entrepreneur, you kind of like melded all these different worlds together that are like, and their own respect are, are booming, right? Yeah. You have like this whole millennial travel boom where everybody's like finding flight deals and like stealing and not stealing, but just kind of like, you know, jerking the system. Then you have like this whole boom of like entrepreneurship and some of that's within the millennial demographic. But just in general, I think right now is like a great time to be an entrepreneur. Then, it's you the know, best time in all of humanity. Yeah, yeah, and then, and then there's like also a boom of just kind of like creativity as well and like more artists and people coming to the forefront and like their work being highlighted. And then there's also just kind of being a millennial and saying like, hey, having the sort of like middle finger mentality to say, you know, I don't want to go clock in for anybody. I want to kind of do my own thing. Like talk a little bit about how you like, and I, I know maybe you did it on purpose, maybe you didn't, but it's super, super interesting. These are all their own verticals. And people are like, you know, I know people that are just like, hey, I want to be a travel blogger. Or hey, I want to be an entrepreneur. Or hey, I want to be a photographer. They don't really even know how to do that one thing well. And you've been able to like take that and meld it all together and even like taking the time to yourself, going to places like Tokyo, yeah. connecting with people and really leveraging your network. But then also like that story you shared about working with Galant and you know how you kind of, I imagine that was after Tokyo you started working with Galant, right? Yep. So you came back from Tokyo, you, you're in New York, you run into your to, buddy. Yeah, I went to LA and then I came to New York, met up with Wade Davis who ended up being Galant's manager. Right after Andre Power been playing, Galant up on that roof with Marcus' right. crib. And Wade and I hit it off right off the bat. I ended up shooting Galant at Pandora the next day. Ended up living in Galant's house, his management's house in Bel Air when I came to LA. Yeah. Uh, kind of shooting for free in exchange for like a couch or whatever room in their crib in Bel Air next to Wiz Khalifa. <laughs> yeah. And, and kind of growing from there, it, it never was the intention. Like, I never really thought I want to be a 
photographer or a freelancer or a traveler. It's just, it was entirely me just like, this is what, the thing that I want to do right now or that I am doing. Let's see where it goes. But I haven't, I still don't have much of a plan, you know? But I think I've been following my intuition. Yeah. And it's been working out, you know? Yeah. I, I, I don't think, uh, well, so Jake Udell actually, Galant's manager, who runs his management company, Third Brain, texted me the other day. And we were talking about something, and then out of nowhere, he just goes, completely unrelated to what we were talking about, he just goes, What's your dream? Hmm. He just texted me, said, What's your dream? And we were talking about shows or something. I'm like, My dream show? Like, my dream, my dream, my dream for my life? He's like, Your dream for your life. What's your dream? And I'm like, damn, Jake, I never really thought about it, you know? It's pretty deep. And I did. I thought about it for about five or ten minutes, and I wrote back to him, and I said, I'm, I'm already living it. Yeah. So my dream is really just, my dream, let me actually, I have it written down. Let me read this to you. So yeah, I said, I guess my dream isn't any specific event, like meeting a, a certain person or visiting a certain place or making a certain amount of money. It's, it's honestly just to continue living, living exactly like I am now and perfecting the process behind everything that I do. So whether it's shooting photos or traveling or connecting with people, or reading, writing, learning, meditating, working out, whatever it may be, I just want to be getting better at it. Like that's, that's, that's the goal out of everything, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so in a way, I'm basically already living that dream. That dream is, the dream is to keep getting better. Yeah. So I, I feel like I'm doing that. You know? Yeah, I mean, that's what, you know, I, I totally can relate to that because, you know, I got into the work that I've been doing, the people that I work with, and just kind of like the purpose behind my work in chasing the dream and pursuing my passion and fulfilling that, you know, and to your point, right, like sometimes when you've already like accomplished your dreams or your goals or when you've accomplished your goals it's kind of like well what's next you know and you, you did that you worked at the Martin Agency you worked at CPB CPB you know you had the opportunity to do some dope stuff and now you're just evolving as a creative and evolving right. as a human and striving to get better and I think that's really really dope right you said you don't have like a plan has goal I mean and, and not, you don't have to share if you don't want to but how important has goal setting been for you? Is it something that you do? And kind of like saying, you know, like you text me a couple months back, said, hey, or email me, said, hey, I want to do this thing with Robert Glasper. You know what I mean? So do you have like goals to say, all right, I'm going to start this photo series, I'm going to do this, or I want to, you know, even yeah. Modern Hieroglyphics, your magazine, it's you know? More like, it's more like projects. You know, it's not like a goal, like I want to read 12 books in the next 12 months. It's more like, I have this project and this project and this project that I want to work on and I'm going to just go full speed ahead on those things until I get it, you know? And I, I, that's been working out. Maybe I could, I'm sure I could re-examine my, my goal setting, you know, I'm sure I could improve it, but... But you have goals, it's not like you're just, goals, you're not yeah. shooting in the dark. Right. Right now the goals are all photo projects most of which I can't speak about yeah. on here. No, that's but dope. I'm trying to think. I have one that I'm very excited about that I will definitely be sharing with you when I complete it okay. early next year. But whenever I think of an idea, it, it has to... I'm not going to half-ass anything, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's like the idea has to smack me in the face. Like the idea has to 
reach out and grab me. And out of the millions of ideas that go through my head, it's very rare for one to do that. So when it does, I hang on to it and I really focus on it. You know what I mean? Because that, that's what happened in Tokyo, it sounds like. Yes, that's what happened. And with the photography. At that, at that time, I was still between the magazine and photography and figuring out what, where am I at in my life and what am I doing. I felt a little bit lost in that period. But over the past year, especially the past few months, I've really felt like in life and my career, I'm not, I'm not swimming against the current. You know what I mean? The universe is working with me. Yeah, that's dope. Yeah. That's dope. So, as far as like the work that you do, you've, you've leveraged your network for diff different work opportunities. Have you, how, how important has your social media played a part in also creating other opportunities? Does that even play a part? Or are you just kind of like, you use that as like your sort of port. I'm still working on it, thank you. Do you use that as your sort of like portfolio of like, hey, here's the work that I'm doing just to share? How, how, do, you, how do you leverage your social media and has that, you know, so spiraled into business for you? Social media for me has become, well, for about a year or two, I've removed everything personal off of it. Yeah. I don't post, I don't tweet, I don't post statuses, I barely say anything. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, same I mean, thing. If I, if I was a photographer, I would probably delete all my accounts. I just, I, I the same exact way. Yeah, yeah, it's, um, it's very distracting. Okay, so there's pros and cons to social media, but the cons are all within your control. The cons are the distraction of it, but I can control whether or not I'm distracted. So that comes out of discipline. But for me, it's literally, I mean, my Facebook and my Instagram is just my portfolio on another format, you know? And when somebody follows me on Instagram or, or we connect in some way online, you're just subscribing to my portfolio. Right. Which I think is dope. And, and I love to do the same thing for other people and watch where they're going. And, and it's actually really nice for me traveling so much to also see where other people are traveling. I meet up with so many people because I'll be in London and see my homie just posted a photo in London. You know what I mean? Like it's it's the greatest connecting tool. And yeah, I mean, I was just, I've met thousands of people all over the world. And it would be pretty much impossible to stay in touch with all of them yeah. without social media. Right. I mean, I think that's how we met. Initially, like so, I don't know, yeah. I don't know if you hit me or I hit you. I mean, yeah, yeah. if you guys look at his at his word, what's his, your handle's at Jack McCain. Jack McCain, M C K A I N. So J A C K M M C K A I N. Right. Yeah. So I mean, I, I was just a fan of the work. I thought it was dope. I, I, like, I can't really remember the exchange, but we just kind of been building from there. And you hit me up when you come to New that's York. A year ago, yeah. Yeah, you hit me when you come to New York, and it's like it's always love, man. And I think that that's dope. Yeah. You know what? I think it's also dope that you know even learning more like looking at this like chats with the starving artists right and like the starving artist being a metaphor you like literally saying like yo i'm gonna figure out a way to create and create for myself and i feel like you are like the epitome of a creative and like the epitome of like the metaphor of a starving artist in a bunch of different ways yeah. you know from being in tokyo and, and starving to figure out you know what direction you want to go in creatively after having had us you know magazine after pursuing like some stuff in fashion and clothing 
having had a, a career in advertising. Um, short one. You know, yeah, yeah, but I, I had a yeah. short one too. It wasn't that long. It was, you know, about five years, but right. still, like, you, you were able to kind of get to these different milestones. Um, and, you know, to me, it's like, I, I talk to creatives all, all day, every day. And, you know, I started this, this, this podcast. This is a, a way for brands and people on the agency side to now understand creativity um, and understand creatives, understand how they think and how we think. Uh, but then also for creatives to understand how the brand thinks and when, you know, different brands reach out and engage with them. Talk a little bit about, like, what what it's been like for you being a quote-unquote starving artist. Like, what are some of the biggest challenges you face financially or just even you know, from a work and creative perspective and the things that you've wanted to do. And well, the biggest challenge is, I mean, the most beautiful thing about my life the past few years is the fact that I, I've lived in so many different places. Yeah, that's dope. And I, I really, I can't, I mean, I come somewhere for two months, I feel like I'm not there long enough. Like, I can't go to places for a weekend or a week, you know, it's like I really have to, I like to just go live there for a short period of time rather than visit, you know? Yeah. And... The hardest part about that is really maintaining relationships, from romantic relationships to like friendship relationships, business relationships, and not having, I mean, I definitely have a global community, but yeah. not having a local community. Uh, it's been a, I mean, that's the biggest challenge, but the, the pros outweigh the cons, I mean, in more ways than I could count, you know? Yeah. And I think, Money has been tight at times, but I, I've actually learned how to strategically use credit cards. <laughs> and basically using credit cards to take out pretty much personal loans on myself and then pay them back. And then I need to do this project. Okay, cool. Like I, I know how to use a credit card and how to how to make that work in my favor. And if yeah. it means I'm paying interest for a few months because I wanted to do a, a project or put out a book or whatever it may be, like, that's fine. I think that's a whole episode in itself, right? You know, and that's something I'll, I'll get into is just talking about that because I have episodes where I talk to creatives and I have other episodes I talk to people on the marketing and on the business side. I have other episodes we just kind of talk about the evolution. Like last episode, I talked about like challenge. How are you challenging yourself? Yeah. So, you know, finances is definitely going to come up at one point. Yeah. But I think that's dope that you've finessed a way to continue creating and evolving Things as a business very, person and a creative. Tight. And I might work every day for a few weeks and then I might not work for a few weeks after that. You know what I mean? It's very, this is my, not even a year into doing this is my freelance gig. So yeah, it's, it's been interesting. I mean, it's, it's been fun. It's like, I've learned more than I ever did in any kind of school or education. And, that's why, that's why I think being an entrepreneur is like important right now. You know, I have a friend that's getting his MBA at, at Duke Fuqua School of Business. And like, you know, I personally don't have a interest in higher education. Right. After having gone to college for four years, it was dope. I also do like continuing education and take classes to like learn different things. But I, would love to I have that. no, yeah, I have no interest to go get an MBA because it's like, I'm learning so much as an entrepreneur. Like this is my MBA. Yeah. You can't take away this experience. And I, I like to be kind of acutely focused on the things that I really, really care about. So right now it's been all about photography and especially film photography. And just learning about that and experimenting with that and everything that I am reading about and thinking about and doing has to do with shooting film, you know? Yeah, are you so do you like do you spend time researching different techniques, you know, as far as like leveraging online and, and the internet and stuff like that or 
and, and figuring out like and, and getting inspiration from the internet or from social media or are you kind of just like getting the equipment getting you know getting in a space and going to shoot and just kind of doing it like that are you are you researching or are you having experiences to learn from or is it a little bit of both it's mostly just experimentation I, mean, I shoot almost every day but if not like multiple times a day whether that's going out for a few hours and walking around the city or like organizing a shoot with a friend or like a paid gig whatever it may be like I, I am I'm using my camera every single day. You know? Yeah. And if I'm not using my camera, which is rare, then I'm editing or I'm, I'm learning in some kind of way. I mean, growth is number one. Like, growth is key. And if I'm growing in something that I care about, then, then that was a productive day. You know? Yeah. It's not about, for me, like, obviously I gotta make money to survive, but if I made a little bit of money yesterday and I didn't learn much, but I but I learned a lot today and I didn't make any money, like today was a success more than yesterday for me. Yeah, so you had you had two successful days as far as like in your week. Whether or not it was lucrative. Right. It wasn't based on the money, it was based on the growth and like getting to where you wanted to be. So how do you, are you able to like for those projects in terms of finances and stuff like that, are you able to finesse like your, like when you need film, because you just got a film camera you were showing me earlier. So are you able to finesse that, those sort of situations and say, all right, cool, I'm going to use this for this because I want to do this dope project or this is just what I want to shoot on right now. So I'm going to get this camera. It's both. I mean, that's really what I want to shoot on. I, all the street stuff that I shoot is just for fun and I just enjoy it. And I, I've been shooting all that on film lately. and. Yeah, it costs money. It definitely yeah. costs a lot of money. But but if you're a a painter, like paint costs money. You know, so yeah. like supplies, like canvases. That's just my canvas, you know. You figure out a way to you figure out a way to make it work for you and create. Yeah. And get to what you want to do. What do you what do you shoot with? What are your weapons of choice? So I got a Sony A7 II. I got that May last year. I love that camera. It's my 55 lens. I got a Canon AE-1 with a 50, an 80 to 200, and a 28 to 70. And I just bought a Hasselblad 500CM, which is one of the greatest cameras ever invented. And I've been shooting one of those for a few weeks. Is that a German camera? It's a Swedish camera. Swedish, okay. And I've fallen in love with it. And I, I really, to the point where I, I have a hard time shooting digital the past few weeks. The images just don't do it for me, you know? When you talk about challenging yourself earlier, like it's a challenge. Like I might shoot several rolls like all day and get nothing. Yeah. But if I get one good photo, it's worth it. It's worth it. And I, I try to kind of take mental notes as I shoot and learn as I go. And, and you, you have better shot selection. Exactly. Where you don't feel like you're wasting a shot because you only have 12 exposures on that no exactly yeah, yeah. And what do you have here what do you what, what's what kind of camera is that that's is that the my, sony that's my A1. okay yeah. awesome awesome right. what's that what's the most exciting thing that you've shot recently whether it be the film or digital so well in terms of like client projects I was, i'm still working on it thank you jack's uh, eating by the way yeah. so we're here like i said we're here at street bird uh, Marcus Samuelson Group, they've been very, very gracious to us. So yeah, I mean in the past month or two, I shot I shot the listening party for Common's new album. 
Uh, I kicked it with Willow Smith in her crib in her studio and yeah. shot kind of behind the scenes photo of that. I've been doing a lot of stuff with Juan. I've been doing press photos for a bunch of different artists. And, but recently, there's a girl named Sade who we, we had a thing earlier this year. I was kind of seeing her. She, she, lived in, she lives in Astoria. Mm. And we broke up earlier this year, but we're still, I mean, we're, we're closer now actually than we were like when we were together, I think. Yeah. And she's kind of been like my, my little New York muse, you know? So we've been kicking it. And we just make magic together. <laughs> we, Work. We, um, we, we'll take, whenever I come to New York, we'll take a day to shoot, like a whole day just to like She shoots as well. No, all, she models. I mean, she, she she doesn't model. She'll be she'll model for me. Yeah. You know? um, but she's she should be a model. You know. <laughs> <laughs> you can make her into one. Yeah, yeah. We talk about that. But yeah, so we we always take it when I come out here, and those photos are always my favorite ones for real. She's uh, she's beautiful. But we, we just have like we have a really dope chemistry together when it comes yeah. to shooting. Yeah. So if you could take, if you could pick one, digital, digital or film, what, what would you pick? If you like, if you got boxed in for the rest oh, of your life, film. you could only that, shoot on no one. No question at all. No question film? at all. Yeah, film yeah. all day? Yeah. Why? Because there's a magic to it. There's like a warmth and a richness to it that you just can't, you can't. There's also unpredictability to it, where it's like with my Sony, I literally have a digital viewfinder where I can see what the photo looks like before I click the shutter. Yeah. But the film, I just don't know. And I might get it back a week later after I get it developed and scanned. I pick it up from the dark room, and it's like Christmas morning when I open up that folder. It's like opening my presents, you know, yeah. like I put in work all week, and now I'm getting all my photos back. And if there's one in there that's good, it just, it like, it does something to me, and it's like... It has the same effect on me as when I hear like a song that gives me chills, or, you know. And there's there's something different about it. You know? It's like it's it's like listening to an album on vinyl. It's like the waves of the record, the dust on the record. It's the organic elements of it that make it. That kind of like I. I, I I just feel closer to it. Yeah. You hear the dust on the record, the scratches, like it's the same thing with the dust and scratches on a on a film photo, you know? It's real. What's your what's your favorite part about the photography process? Is it the shooting? Is it the editing? Is it you know, like posting or exhibiting? I love all of it, man. Yeah? I love yeah, yeah. That's yeah. dope. Yeah, I like the entire process from coming up with the concepts to going and lining things up and scheduling it, producing it, yeah. getting everything ready. I, I love all of it, yeah. Word, word. So you talked about like working with Common and have you done like any brand stuff outside of like, it seems like probably for Modern Hieroglyphics, your magazine. Yeah. You probably had some like brand partners working do and stuff like that. So I mean, for any of your photo work, have you like had any brand partners or people that have like commissioned you to do stuff or are you just kind of like... Very little. It's all like it's like record labels and management companies and this is a lot of music base. A lot of artists that are coming up. And yeah, yeah, a lot of artists that are that I believe in, you know. I wouldn't I wouldn't really want to share with anybody who I don't believe in. Yeah. As a person or musically, you know. Why I chose this life, you know what I mean? To to work with people that I don't enjoy working with. But right. it's, it's it's very rare to find those people. I mean 
in the creative world, it seems like all the negativity of the world, whether it comes to... I mean, there's just, there's just fewer assholes in the creative... I almost, I almost forget sometimes when I run into somebody who's kind of a dick. <laughs> I forget that those people are out there. You know? Yeah. Even though, obviously, there's many of them. But it's just all the people that I work with have become so close to me. And I consider many of them family, you know? And I think it's pretty hard to make it if you're not a good person, you know? Yeah. yeah. A friend of mine, uh, he's a DJ here in New York, and he's done a lot of stuff globally. Just got featured in Milk. Um, Milk Studios, they have like an online platform. So I was reading his article earlier today and like the last question they asked him was like, how do you become like a dope famous DJ like you and get, get to work with Jay-Z and Michelle Obama and blah, 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 blah. And they asked him like something else in that same question. And um, he was just like, you know, first and foremost, I kind of gave like a lot of my just humbled by God and you know whatever and then, like the last thing he said he said something else in between I can't recall the last thing he said was like yeah don't be a dick you know and that's very very challenging to come by you know being an entrepreneur and you know when you have to like feed yourself and and you gotta or you have to pay a bill or you have to do whatever you know to not be a dick about it when it comes time to like say hey this invoice is 30 days late, 60 days late, whatever the case may be. You know, I think like being nice to people goes a long way. You know, um, I know it's challenging for me. I'm all about good vibes, but you know, I'm very much about like my business and I'm about my shit. You know, so yeah. when it. But, but other good people will understand. You know what I mean? Like, you also can't be a dick to somebody who's being assertive about getting paid for their work. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, if. You have to be, you know? Yeah. 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 How hard is it, like, you have a lot of personal relationships and people that you've worked with professionally. Has it, have you run into challenges of, like, your personal relationships being affected by profession, by business? With anybody, have you run into that yet? Um, actually, no. That's good. I, in the past, with, with, with projects in the past, or businesses that I've run with other people, yes. But when it comes to me doing my own thing, freelance photography, I don't like. There's been some kind of like rocky moments, you know, but we always work through it. And it's especially hard when it's with friends who have low budgets. And obviously, I gotta eat too. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And a lot of photographers are almost expected to work for free lately. And which is which is bullcrap in my opinion. Yeah, but it's also so hard because sometimes I wanna, I just wanna. Obviously, I wanna get paid, but if so somebody dope that wants to shoot with me and I wanna work with them and they don't have a budget, I'm like, oh what? We're both just gonna sit here and not work together because it's not like we both wanna do this. I don't know. And then it's definitely a challenge. But I'm getting to the point about a year into shooting where I'm, I'm starting to turn down. My, my book is stacked, you know? I, I don't need, there was a, a while where I really wanted to get familiar faces and people who I was into in my portfolio. I feel comfortable with where it's at right now. And I don't really need to be doing work for free anymore, you know? Is there anywhere you want to expand outside of just, because it seems like as far as a photography vertical is concerned, you're like in the music music space of photography. Yeah. Anywhere you're looking to expand to as far as like developing 
that line of work and that creativity in photography? Right now? Or just in general, yeah. Right now, not really. I love music. And to be able to work with people who I literally like hear on the radio or, or listen to in my free time, it's a blessing. Man. But I, I don't have too much of an interest in fashion, really. Yeah. Right now it's all music, and I'm kind of helping more than just photography, but helping with the entire creative direction of people and their brands, and, and helping people find how they want the world to see them. Yeah. Word, word. Last question, because I want to get you out of here. I know you want to finish eating and probably have yeah, things you have, have to do, places you need to go, and stuff like that. What is uh, what does being a creative mean to you? First of all, I it sounds it's crazy because I, I've always been creative. Looking at looking back at it now, ever since I was a little kid, it was I was always creating, literally, you know. But I never. I don't know if I was doubting myself, or I don't know what it was, but I never saw myself as creative, like yeah. in that category, like an artist, you know? I never saw it until maybe like a year ago mm. when I realized, wait, what if I'm doing about a whole I've been creating, you know? In all types of different ways, but I think people get it twisted in that creativity is not about can you can you draw well or can you write a poem? Like, creativity applies to so much more of life than just the arts. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Creativity can apply to literally how you schedule your day or yeah. how you raise your child. Like, how, are you... I, I don't know. I mean, it goes back to growth, what I was saying earlier. I think that so much of growing in your life is about creativity and that you're just creating new ways for yourself to live. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I think being a creative, what that term kind of means in, in our time, it's very interesting how all of the people that I know who either make music or shoot photos or do what you do is creative as well, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, we all share something. We, we all understand each other on a level that, mo that a lot of people don't understand each other on. You know what I'm saying? We share the same kind of... When it comes down to it for me, I, I hate my work a lot of the time. Like, I look back at my, everything I've ever shot and hate all of it. Yeah. And then there's other times where I look back and I'm like, I love everything I do. I'm my favorite photographer, you know what I mean? Yeah. But, and it's really 50-50. And without that push and pull... There is no moving forward. There is no. There's no motivation to be creative. There's no motivation to grow. Yeah. That uh. Yeah. So without the push and pull, there's no. There's no motivation to move forward. Without without the hate for your work, and the kind of always wanting to get better, you're not ever gonna grow. You know what I'm saying? But without the love for your work and what you do and how you live, you're not going to want to keep going. So you kind of have to have the two to keep growing and keep going, you know what I mean? But, yeah, yeah. I think it's entirely... I think people... I think anybody who thinks that they're not creative just isn't looking closely enough at 
how they live their lives. I think most people are creative. So being a creative means to you is like how you're taking whatever you're doing and making it work for you or making it, adapting it. Adapting, exactly. Word, that's dope. I mean, that's what, you know, you said something that's important is like, said everybody you essentially said everybody's a creative and that's why I started the Age of the Creative platform is to show that everybody's a creative. That's why on this podcast we talk to somebody in marketing. We talk to somebody that's a CEO. Um, or we talk to a photographer, we talk to a musician, we talk to a writer, we talk to an actor, we talk to somebody that works in finance. And we really dive into how they're creative. Because everybody's a creative in one way or another. Everybody is. Yeah. So really just highlighting that and this serving as a platform to highlight that creativity as well, you know, is just really, really the, the focus and the goal. Well, so even, yeah, like here at this bar, like even the bartender, you, you can be creative as a bartender, you can be creative as a person, the expo, like plating the food, you know what I'm saying? Right. Are, you, are, you, are you changing the way that it's been done? Right. Adding your own spin to it in a way that hopefully improves it, you know? Yeah, that's what, that's what being a creative is, man. And, you know, I, I, I'm grateful that you've taken the time to sit with me. And, you know, obviously we needed to build because we've been missing each other the last two weeks. Yeah. But, um, yeah, man, I'm just grateful for you being here. And thank you for taking your time. So we can catch you on Instagram at Jack McCain. That's right. J-A-C-K-M-C-K-A-I-N. Correct. Same on Twitter. I don't really use Twitter. You don't use I don't Twitter? Even know what my, I haven't gone on Twitter in years. What about Snapchat? You on that? No. No Snap? No Snapchat, no Twitter. Just really Instagram. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, dope, dope. Well, thank you so much, Jack, for rapping with me, man. It's good to definitely catch up and just have you here. For everybody that's been listening, I'm super grateful for Street Bird allowing us to sit here, eat, record. Thank you, Marcus, Casey, Street Bird fam. And everybody that's listening, everybody that's subscribed, um, and all the comments and feedback, if you haven't subscribed, hit that subscribe button. Leave feedback. Let me know what you think about Jack's work. Uh, let me know who you want to hear from. Let me know if there's anything that I'm missing that you want to do. And if you need help with any projects that you're working on, please don't hesitate to reach out. My email is ian at ian.co, I-A-N at I-A-N, the letter D is in Davis, dot C-O. But if there's anything yeah. fun and exciting. If you're in L.A. Yeah, if you're in L.A. Yeah, I'm definitely going to link with Jack out there, um, see what we can shoot. But yeah, thank you guys again for tuning in to another episode of Chats with the Starving Artists. And if the NBA knows it's crazy, just hit me on the comments let me know. I know I did that same thing at A3C with James, but uh, if you guys like this vibe, I'll do more kind of real situations where we can have real conversations and it's not boring and quiet in the background and we're not isolated. But thank you guys again, and until next time, holla at you. Peace.